Hey guys, it's another episode of Show and Tell. Today we're going to talk Spider-Man, we're going to talk Defenders, we're going to talk comic books, we're going to talk Transformers conventions in DC, and a bunch more stuff. Yoshi! Hey guys, welcome to the YoshiCast. I'm Yoshi. We're doing another Show and Tell episode today. The first thing I want to talk about, the Defenders. Recently, the Defenders got their first series on Netflix, which was a fun watch. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, there were a few holes in the plot, but I still enjoyed it. I like seeing superheroes get together. But uh, to go with the Defenders on Netflix, I recently picked up a blank Defenders comic book. Uh, if you guys have been watching the channel a little bit, you know I'm really into blank, uh, blank comic book covers and getting sketches done on them. I got a couple of these bad boys. The bad news about this is they came wrinkled. The cover is actually wrinkled right down the, the front of it there. Um, generally, I have to get my blank covers from midtowncomics.com. This is a, a comic book store on the East Coast. Great comic book store. I haven't had any problems with them. This is actually the first thing I've ordered from them that came damaged. And it wasn't due to their packaging. Their packaging is top rate. I've got no complaints about their packaging. This looked like it was shipped to Midtown this way, and that's how they shipped it on to me. So, uh, when I got this, I was pretty bummed out about it. I emailed Midtown Comics and I said, hey, the Defenders comic you sent me, the blank one, uh, both of them have a wrinkle going right down the front cover there. And uh, I probably wouldn't care if this was just a comic I was going to read, but I, you know, it's a blank cover. I was hoping to get an artist to, to do some art on it for me. And they owned up to it. They fessed up. They said, yeah, every issue that they got of the Defenders... Uh, has that wrinkle going down it. They're, they're all that way. There's nothing that they can do about it. And uh, as an apology, they refunded me the cost of the books and they refunded me the cost of shipping, which was super great. You know, Because of that, I'll use them again. Two things. If this were just the Defenders book and I was reading it, I probably really wouldn't have cared or made such a stink about it. Uh, the other thing that kind of irked me is they knew that this was on all the covers, and yet they went ahead and shipped them out to people, uh, probably only offering refunds to those who wrote in and said, hey, what's what's going on here? That's that's kind of lame. I think that's kind of a bummer. They should have been a little more preemptive about it. Either said, hey, you placed this order, these books are damaged, uh, do you still want it? Or, uh, you know, send out the books and just not charge them for it. That That would have been cool. So let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk Spider-Man. So a couple months ago, I was at my comic book store. I had just seen the latest Spider-Man movie, and they had tons of Peter Parker and the Spectacular Spider-Man issue number one. Tons of these. And that's probably why I picked this guy up. I was just kind of bombarded by the advertisement that is Spectacular, or Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number one. Uh, so I picked it up. I read it. First Spider-Man book I've read cover to cover. And it was really good. It's funny. It's smart. I really dug it. And they make no qualms about it. They, they pretty much say right on the inside, like, hey, we know you just saw the movie, which I had. This is the book you want to pick up. This is a number one. You're going to have fun. And I have had fun so far. It's been an enjoyable read. I went ahead and have, I've read since then read issue number two. And I've read issue number three. And they're good books. They're funny they're not, they're not over the top nuts like, say, Deadpool is, but these are 
These are good books. I'm, I'm entertained. They're worth the cover price. I've been enjoying them. I don't want to give a whole lot about the story just because they're still relatively new. Some people are waiting for the trade that might see this, and I don't want to kill that for them. I've really enjoyed these first three issues. I'm going to keep reading this until the arc, the story arc, is over. Uh, I haven't felt like I needed to read any of the other Spider-Man books or any of the other Marvel books. There's no crazy weird tie-in so far. Like, I don't have to read Iron Man to understand what's going on. I don't have to read Black Panther to understand what's going on here. This is, I would say, 95% self-contained, and they do a really good job filling in the gaps if it's not. They also uh, do a nice little job of filling in the gaps between each issue. You know, it's pretty much a couple weeks to a month between each issue, and it's nice to have that refresher. It's written well. It's written smart. I recommend it. Um, let's see how good it is and if I continue past this current story arc. So the next thing I'd like to talk to you about is the last book I read. It's called Death's Heretic by James Sutter. Um, it's a fantasy book, and fantasy books are not my thing. I'm, I've never really gotten into fantasy books uh, very much. There's a couple here and there. Even, even I struggled with Harry Potter, but like Fantasy books are something I take when I'm going to bed and I want to fall asleep right away. That's, that's how fantasy books are for me. Death's Heretic, though, uh, I started reading it because I'm looking for inspiration for running a Dungeons & Dragons game. Um, hopefully got one coming up with some friends of mine, and I just I feel like I need to read more fantasy to get more inspiration beyond the Dungeons & Dragons game books that they have. So yeah, in a nutshell, I, I enjoyed Death's Heretic, surprisingly. Uh, it wasn't my top 10 favorite books I've ever read, but I really did enjoy it. Um, let, me, let me read a little synopsis of it for you here so you can get an idea, because these do better than what I can tell you. Nobody cheats death. A warrior haunted by his past serves as a problem solver for the church he hates, bound by the goddess of death to hunt down those who would rob her of her due. Such is the case in the desert nation of Thuvia, where a powerful merchant on the verge of achieving eternal youth via a magical elixir is mysteriously murdered, his soul kidnapped somewhere along its path to the afterlife. The only clue is a magical ransom note offering to trade the merchant's successful resurrection for his dose of the fabled potion. But who would have the power to steal a soul from the boneyard of death herself? So it's a murder mystery um, set in a fantasy world, and I was able to take a couple things from it that I hope to be able to use, or at least is providing inspiration for the game I'm planning to run. So as far as fantasy books are concerned, the fact that I can take something from this and use it, and that I enjoyed it, and that it was a mystery, uh, these are all wins. I, I dug it. I, I do recommend it. It was a fun read. And yeah, uh, you can find links to that down below. So uh, let's move on to something I saw on Hulu recently. It's a documentary called Batman and Bill, and it just blew my mind. Um, you know what? This is, this is the best way for me to explain it to you. Hang on a second. Let me, let me grab some books. All right. Okay, here we go. So here we got, we got Kevin Smith's Batman Cacophony. On the inside of this book, it says uh, uh, Batman, created by Bob Kane. Okay. Alan Moore's Batman the Killing Joke, there on the bottom. Batman, created by Bob Kane. Neil Gaiman's Batman, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. Batman, created by Bob Kane. Batman Hush, written by Joe Loeb. 
Batman, created by Bob Kane. What if I told you Bob Kane didn't have very much to do with the creation of Batman? Uh, according to this documentary, he didn't. Um, he had very little to do with it. And now all of these books, all these graphic novels, all these monsters are being reprinted to say that, bat, not being reprinted, but the new versions that come out say Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Bob Kane is the man who has been credited on Batman for most of Batman's history. When you open a comic book, there it says created by Bob Kane. When you see the movies, it says created by Bob Kane. Correcting that is something that terrified everybody, I think, for decades. Bill Finger was the dominant creative force of Batman, Robin, the Joker, Catwoman, the Riddler, the Penguin, the Scarecrow, Commissioner Gordon, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, and Gotham City. I know Bob's trying to take credit for everything. Everything you would think is good, that's Bill. So how could this not have been so well known? I was a ghost, and I really was. Bob Kane did not want Bill Finger's story told and took tremendous offense at. Bill was Batman's secret identity. It became a crusade, getting Bill's name on Batman. Superheroes are not doing this to get paid or praised. They are doing something for the greater good, then they disappear into the night. Without Bill, there'd be no Batman. So what happened to Bill Finger? It is a cool, interesting story, sad at times, um, very enjoyable, uh, kind of... Kind of a gut punch, I think, a little bit to fans of the DC Universe uh, that it took DC Comics so long to recognize Bill as a co-creator to Batman. You know, for, for a company that publishes stories about heroes every month to not do the right thing, kind of, kind of, it's a, it's a gut punch. It's a check punch. It's, it's a check. It's a gut punch to you know, the comic book industry as a whole and to DC Comics. So, yeah, I can't... It's really good, and I think... I'm pretty sure Hulu's got a free sign-up. So, you know, for like 30 days or, or maybe less, whatever. But they do have a, they have a trial period. You should sign up for Hulu and check out this documentary. It's, it's really good. I learned a lot, and uh, yeah, it makes you think about Batman a little bit differently. At least the creation of Batman a little bit differently. Go check it out. And the very last thing I want to talk about is TFCon. Uh, next week, I am going to Washington, D.C. to attend TFCon, which is a Transformers convention. It's the largest fan-run Transformers convention. I am going there to cover the event for the Transmissions podcast. And I'm also going to do a couple of interviews and stuff for the YoshiCast so that I can share them with you guys here on this channel. So stay tuned and check that out. I will be going to uh, do interviews about sketch covers with artists. I will be collecting some sketch covers I've had commissioned already. Um, just going to be doing some walk through the convention, sharing what, uh, what I run into, what I find. Um, so if you're going to be in the Washington, D.C. area and you want to say hi, please do. I'm a, I'm a nice enough guy. It's kind of interesting. My very first TFCon experience, I think it was uh, in Toronto in 2013. First time, um, first year of the Transmissions podcast, which is crazy that we were all able to, not all of us, Charles, uh, Daryl, and myself were able to meet up at uh, TFCon uh, Toronto for the first time. And... 
people knew us, which was really weird. I, I got approached by people who were like, shake my hey, it's Yoshi, you know, what's going on? I'd say, hey, what's up? And they'd immediately, their faces would drop and they'd kind of be like, oh, and they're like, what? I'd say, what was wrong? And they're like, well, I want you to cuss at me because I, I do a lot of swearing <laughs> on the Transmissions podcast. So, uh, you know, that was, that was a gut check because on, on the Transmissions podcast, I swear a lot. I get, I get really ramped up about Transformers. I love talking about them and I love sharing my opinions with people who care to listen to them. But I do swear a lot. So these people that would come up and meet me at the con were like excited to meet me, but bummed out I wasn't swearing. So day two, I, I cranked up the F word quite a bit and no complaints. Nobody, nobody was upset. They expected that from me. They were happy that I was that way. So yeah, I've learned a lot in the last couple of cons I've gone to. So I'm really looking forward to going to DC and this Transformers con. I've never been to DC. Um, this will be my second US Transformers con I've been to. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of stuff to record, a lot of stuff to share with you guys when I get back. So this will probably be my last video until I get back. So uh, take care until then, and I'll catch you all in the next one.